Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from mothers who are artists and creators, sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mother and continue to make art. Regular topics include mum guilt, identity, the day-to-day juggle, mental health and how children manifest in their art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. You can find links to my guests and topics they discuss in the show notes, along with music played, a link to follow the podcast on Instagram and how to get in touch. All music used on the podcast is done so with permission. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Bowendick people as the traditional custodians of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to the relationship the traditional owners have with the land and water, as well as acknowledging past, present and emerging elders. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Kelly Nobes. Kelly is a professional stylist and mum of two from Mount Gambia in South Australia. Kelly knew from a young age that she had a big interest in fashion and dressing up. Through her blog, What Kel Wore, and support from her local community, Kelly began to share her love of fashion and share her ethos of self-care, not just self-image. Her big break came in 2017 when she was approached to style modern luxury accessories brand Ashley Lauren at their New York Fashion Week runway show, dropping everything, including her job, to travel to New York for the event. Since then, Kelly has styled multiple wives and girlfriends at the 2018 and 2019 AFL Brownlow Medal and has worked with various celebrity clients on a range of projects. Kelly's services have evolved over time from wardrobe audits, styling for events and photo shoots to the recent launch of her new wedding and bridal styling and planning service. Today, we chat about self-confidence, self-care and the identity shift she experienced when she became a mum. This episode contains discussion around hyperemesis gravidarum. Well, welcome to the podcast today, Kelly. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. You call yourself a professional stylist. Can you share with us what that sort of means and what that entails? Yeah, sure. So originally when I started my business uh, five years ago, it was specifically fashion styling. Um, So my correct title is fashion stylist and image consultant. Um, But over the progress of the last, I guess, yeah, five years, I've sort of branched out into lots of different creative avenues um, and now doing weddings and bridal stuff, as well as business styling and social media stuff for businesses. So basically kind of, yeah, anything creative or anything visual. So I decided to retweak the the name and say professional stylist because I felt like that was a bit more of a sort of umbrella that all the categories fell into rather than just yeah specific fashion styling so yeah it's been a bit of a crazy ride but now five years later here we are (laughs) (laughs) so going right back to the beginning have you always been really interested in clothes and you know fashion and dressing up and that kind of thing Yeah, so I guess anyone that has um, been following my business for a while now probably knows the ins and outs um, that I was always into um, clothes and dress-ups. I had a big dress-up box, um, loved, yeah, anything fashion-based, and it just kind of progressed from a really really young age. I shared a photo on um, Instagram not long ago 
of me that my mum sent to me. She's like, who would have thought? And it was just, yeah, the writing was written on the wall. I was there in my dress ups with the, these fake nails on and the, the ne- necklace on. And yeah, and that was me, I think, when I was like, oh gosh, very young, maybe like three or four. So yeah. it started from there kind of progressed to be something that I didn't really envision but in saying that too I was never always the best dressed kid or anything like that it just kind of stemmed from I guess a a passion for creative um, elements and design and all that sort of thing and yeah so but it definitely stemmed from a young age and was always something that I was very yeah very interested in. Yeah was there any particular sort of trigger for that like were you surrounded by you know was your mum or you know other women in your life into that kind of thing or was it just come out of the blue? Yes and no. I mean, um, you know, like mum always presented herself quite well and and that sort of thing. But I, I, someone asked me that, yeah, before it was like, when was a kind of key moment that stood out in time? And I don't think that there's necessarily one, but I do have a really early memory of mum bringing in, um, it was a black patent box with uh, bright coloured flowers on it and it had all her old earrings and dress ups and pretty much from then on that was that was the main main part of my childhood. So yeah. I'd say that it stemmed from that black box that there wasn't necessarily, I guess, a key person or individual that kind of stemmed it. It was just, yeah, I don't know. I just sort of started from that and it just kind of grew and grew and grew and yeah, as I got older, I found that I was getting more enjoyment out of it and started taking, I guess, a bit more of a an interest um, in a, and a curiosity in the business side of things too. So, yeah, I'd say that was probably the key standout memory that I have was definitely that black dress-up box. That's, I guess, what what started started yeah. the journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Did you go on to do some formal study in the in that area? Yeah. So um, originally, when I was in primary school, I wanted to be a fashion designer towards the end of primary school and early high school. Um, and then, total honesty, I realised how hard that was going to be, and decided that that was not the avenue that I wanted to take. Um, but I originally really enjoyed the retail side of it. So enjoyed the yeah business and retail learned a lot about that, gained a little bit of experience in that. And when I left high school, I knew that uni was never really for me. Um, But I decided to go and study an advanced diploma in fashion and retail management um, in Adelaide. So still moved away, started that study. And when I was there doing that, there was also a stylist course. Um, And so that really took my fancy. Um, And at the time I was working at Marion um, in a retail store and they were doing shoots and different bits and pieces and stylists were kind of coming and going. And that for me was really quite fascinating that people get a job going and helping people shopping and (laughs) photo shoots and all of that sort of thing. And it just sounded amazing to me. So I kind of first got the idea um, there, but around that time I was moving home back to Mount Gambia. We had of a rough time we had some health issues with um, my mom and we we lost a friend and it was just kind of a yeah turbulent sort of period 
Um, and so they didn't actually offer that offline. So I kind of just gave up there for a little while, came home, still worked in the fashion business side of things. Um, and then a couple of years later, I found a online course for um, yeah, fashion styling and image consulting. So I did it offline through an institute in Sydney and yeah, progressed from there. Yeah, great. How would you describe your own personal style? This is really, like, I always get, um, I'm always really interested by this question because I feel like no matter who asks me and when asks me, it changes. <laughs> um, but someone asked me, yeah, probably over 12 months ago now, and to me there was three words that came to mind and it was feminine, edgy, and changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I guess changing was the standout because... For me, it depends on my mood. It depends on my personal life. It depends on, I guess, what I'm doing, who I'm with at the time. Um, Especially since becoming a mum, my style has changed completely again. Um, Some of it was obviously depending on what was accessible for breastfeeding, depending on, you know, what I was going to be doing with the kids that day, depended on what my style was like. So I'd say it sort of changes. Sometimes it's bold and eclectic, and then other times it's quite plain and quite basic. And then there's other times where you'll see me down the street and people will wonder how I got into this job or how I do this job because if you could see me some of the time, even at home when I've answered the door, I'm like, gosh, some people must just be like, whoa. <laughs> and I think that's, yeah, a big part of my job is like, you know, giving women an understanding that you don't have to look your best all the time and it's not about that. It's about learning how to when you want to and building some of that self-esteem and confidence because I know for me, when I when I look good I feel good and that's just Mm. how I feel some people are completely different um but I just yeah I guess coming into my business too and learning about my personal style and learning how to I guess dress to that and as well as learn like the the art of actually styling and how different things create different looks and the illusions of some things and the ratios and drawing the eye to where I want people to be looking and that sort of thing. So it's quite fascinating. There is quite a lot of education and knowledge that goes behind it. But um, yeah, I think it really depends day to day, my my style. It changes all the time. So it's a hard one for the answer to that one. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's a good answer. That makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, and I also wanted to ask, is there any sort of like... Um, well-known people like celebrities or public figures style that you really admire that you think is really awesome? Yeah, so there's a couple of standout ones. I'm not sure how well they'll, well-known they'll be to some people, but I know like anyone that knows me or um, follows me knows I'm obsessed with a lady named Sophie Bell who goes by the Instagram Pepper Heart. Um, and I just, yeah, love her style, love her vibe. Um, I guess, yeah, she's definitely someone that I source a lot of inspiration from. Um, there's a couple of other stylists who I really um, enjoy their style, and that is um, Elise Greer in Melbourne and Lauren Dylena, um in Marion. So I think she's now Lauren Willis. She's just got married recently. But it's quite fascinating because she was actually one of the stylists when I was working um, at General Cancer in Marion. And so I knew her from Marion and I remembered her face and remembered what she was doing. And then years later, I went to Adelaide Fashion Festival um, with Ash from ALS Day or Ashley Lauren, who's my sister-in-law that does obviously all those amazing headpieces and her brand is amazing. And yeah, we went to Adelaide Fashion Festival and I saw Lauren and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go up and tell her that she was actually, yeah, like a bit of the reasoning behind why I got into doing what I was doing. And I went up to her and 
yeah introduced myself and she remembered me and now we actually yeah have quite a bit of contact and yeah so she's definitely someone that I source inspiration from and I just think too like Carrie Bickmore I don't know there's something about her she can just wear anything ever and she just always looks amazing so I yeah. think yeah that'll be that'll that'll be my life in, <laughs> in however long <laughs> oh that's cool work you mentioned Ashley Lauren you've done you went to New York for her runway in 2017 that's pretty that's a yeah. pretty big highlight isn't it oh massive I don't I don't know how I'll probably ever top that that was um just a bucket list item from yeah just way back and so at the time when Ash got that opportunity I'd obviously been involved a little bit in her business and you know we I helped on photo shoots and bits and pieces but um, at the time that she got the invite to New York, I was actually managing Smiggle, so a children's stationery store, like completely total opposite genres in every way. Um, but at the time, I was looking to travel and that was providing me opportunities to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I was doing that and I'd started my styling business on the side and was just kind of getting it up and running and seeing how I felt about it and learning all about it. And yeah, Ash rang me one night when I was working Thursday late night shopping at Smiggle. She was like, um, I think I just got invited to New York Fashion Week. So I was like, well, let's just like definitely kind of nut out those details and find out if it's real because it's like, oh my God. And then, yeah, she ran me back. She's like, um, I think it's legit. And so she's like, oh, like you have to come. And so she's like, will you quit your job and come with me? I was like, um, let me think about that. <laughs> I rang my boss the next day. I was like, I'm sorry, but this opportunity has, you know, popped up. And yeah. even my boss was like, she's like, look, I don't, I don't want to see you go, but absolutely. She's like, you would be stupid to turn that down. Yeah. So I went from unpacking lunchboxes one night to, a few months later going to New York Fashion Week and styling the models there. So I just always believe that, yeah, life always has a path for us when we when we need it or, I yeah, believe everything happens for a reason and that was obviously a big, a huge starting point in my business too considering I hadn't been up and running for very long. So that kind of, yeah, snowballed it into something, yeah, mm -hmm. even more amazing as well. So yeah. it was so good. yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't expect you to name drop, but you can if you want. Um, you yeah. also were, you've styled some of the the wags at, for the AFL Brownlow, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was actually looking at the photos you sent me today and I all, all of a sudden thought about it. Do you tell the hair and makeup how you want, like it's the whole package. Do you describe everything how you want it done? Like yeah. you do, like it's the whole look? sort of thing yeah so it is the whole look so I think that's one thing that people think with styling too is that I just pick the garments or the outfit but 
I am involved in the whole process and that's not just with the Brownlow clients, that's with every client, especially if they're doing event styling and stuff like that. At the end of the day, obviously it comes down to their preference. They're the one that has to wear it, not me, but I definitely put my kind of spin on it or vision and say, this is what I think that we should go with. And they kind of take it from there. And then it's also about, um, I guess, liaising with the hair and makeup artists to, um, to make sure that they're comfortable in showcasing what they want to showcase because it's about them showing their art too so mm -hmm. the styling is my part the designer is their part too they've got to be happy with what they're putting out there same with hair and makeup they're not going to do something that they're not comfortable with doing or they don't like because it's their name on it too so mm -hmm. it really is a whole kind of team effort um there are a lot of people involved but yeah with the brownlows too um it's it's Again, there's so much that goes into it that people don't see behind the scenes. It's not just go there on the day and it's an hour to get it. Like this is like months worth of work in the lead up and, you know, picking designs and contacting designers and, yeah, working out looks and then like, yeah, hair and makeup and accessory sourcing. So mm -hmm. for me too, I obviously don't live in a major city. So I'm doing all of this via email and phone. Um, when I originally styled Kelly Booms, who was my first ever Brownlow uh, client, I actually flew to Brisbane um and she just had a baby so originally we were kind of looking for off the rack because fittings and appointments and all that were quite hard to manage um but then in the end we ended up securing a, a designer and getting custom um in the end which turned out amazing but yeah it's it's just like a whirlwind and I, I wouldn't I don't think I'll ever be able to describe that feeling of um hearing my name on the red carpet or like, especially with, um, yeah, Julie Neal on the second year, like Lockie Neal has obviously become quite well known and the year after he actually won, um, which is, you yeah. know, um, we were in, like right in COVID time. Um, and I just had, yeah, young, a young baby at home and was in the, the thick of that. And it's just, yeah, I, I guess sometimes I just, that that's one of those moments where I, feel like I'm on the outside looking in and I'm like wow that's just mm. little me just would have been like yay <laughs> you, you did it you made it like that's that's always something that I've wanted so I'm really hoping to get back into a bit of that again this year and now that I'm back sort of yeah working and being involved I'm really hoping that I can secure some of those yeah red carpet moments again because they are yeah so so much fun and yeah really amazing to be a part of. based in Mount Gambier so for those who don't know Mount Gambier is basically halfway between Adelaide and Melbourne so we're only like what are we about 30,000 people not a huge yeah, yeah. Not a huge town so how do you go then like you mentioned the the phone calls and the the Skype and stuff like do you ever feel like it's a drawback being here or do you just think no nah, bugger it this is where my life is and you just make it work it's it really it really does go both ways I mean 
I, I won't lie, there would definitely be way more opportunities for me in the city with what I do. Um, and, you know, I've kind of made my peace with the fact um, that, that that is how it is. Um, on the other hand, I don't think my business would have become anywhere near as successful if I had launched it in the city. I think launching it here, um, there wasn't a whole heap of competition um, at the time when I started. There, I guess, word of mouth in a small town is a really big thing too. And I had already known a lot of people. I come from a big family. Um, my partner, my now husband knows a lot of people in his family and through Ash and all of her connections and the people that I've met along the way in my network and friends that in itself was advertising for me. So had I started in the city, I might not necessarily have had that. So I think it's definitely helped my business and is a benefit. And currently too, although there's not as many opportunities as what there are in the city, there are still ample opportunities because I am here doing it. And again, I still have those networks and those resources. So mm. it can be a little bit challenging, um, I guess, especially for some of the clients that I have worked with or want to work with the time and the travel. And now with young kids, it makes it a little bit harder to manage some of those things. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, I've just kind of ran with it and, for now, this is this is where I am and this is where I want to be. And I'm not ruling out a move in the future because I believe, you know, when opportunities arise, you've got to, got to assess. And I am one of those, I say yes, and I figure the rest out later. So <laughs> I'm not fully really ruling it out. But at the same time, if I was to be here forever, then that's, yeah, that's how it is. And I think that's been part of, um, especially through COVID and stuff like that, to adapting my business to not just be tunnel in what I offer. I can't just offer one thing. It's about learning what other things am I good at? What are my strengths? What other things can I offer? I think there's an open in the market for different things um, that I'm kind of working on behind the scenes at the moment. So things like that, I think, yeah, it is in my benefit to be in Mount Gambier. Um, it just makes it a little bit more work. Yeah, sometimes when working with the people from away or, you know, too, we have amazing stores here in Mount Gambier. We've got a lot of amazing local businesses, but sometimes, you know, I don't have a Rundle Mall at my back door or I don't have a Chadston shopping centre. So sourcing things for clients um, can sometimes be a little bit challenging too. So like I said, there, there are pros and cons either way. Yeah. It's, it's hard, but at the same time, it, yeah, I think it has made my business to be what it is today, being in Mount Gambia. Yeah. And I think there's a tremendous amount of, like you talked about the word of mouth, that community support. I think people here really get behind each other like if they oh, see someone's having yeah. a crack they really support and share and tell people and social media all that sort of stuff it's a really great yeah. community it yeah. is yeah it's great yeah. we are very lucky to have that community and I know I've, I've said it like a thousand times and I say you know I'm so grateful for the support that the community has shown but I don't think I'll ever yeah ever get over that because to, to take an idea and run with it is nerve-wracking and it's like daunting and you know it, it can be quite challenging but when you get that bit of a support I think too it makes you want to support others in the community as well or their businesses because you know what it's like to get that so I think it's yeah it's great for everyone yeah absolutely
You're listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. So turning over to your family side, you've mentioned your children just in passing a couple of times. Tell us a little bit more about your kids. Yes, so I have Vance, who will be eight months old this week, um, and I have Ziggy, who is turning three um, in May. So there's 10 days uh, between their birthdays, so two years apart. My, yeah, crazy boy. I say crazy boys. It's crazy, crazy Ziggy. Ziggy's my whirlwind, and Vance is my little chiller. So we'll see if it, it changes. But, yeah, it's it's been a roller coaster the last couple of years um it's and it's so true what people say it is the hardest thing that you will ever do but definitely worth it there are some days I want to pull my hair out by like breakfast time and then there are other days where you're just like I'm smashing this I've got it got it down pat and yeah so but it's great I love it and I love being a boy mom and yeah they they definitely keep me entertained that's for sure It's funny when I had, I've got two boys and I like when I had my second boy, like everyone knew that would be my last child. And I remember my, yep. my pop said to me, oh, sorry, you didn't get your girl. And I was like, but it's actually okay because I actually love having boys. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like I never had a brother. So I've, I was totally new to this whole boy yep. world. Um, but it's so, I just love it. It's, they're just so yeah, much it's fun. Great. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I was the same, like a hundred percent like total honesty I was a little bit disappointed when we found out that the second was going to be another boy I think just because um the pregnancy for me was quite different and I don't know we both my husband and I had a strong feeling it was going to be a girl and we never found out the sex with Ziggy but I was 100% locked in that it was a boy from the get-go um and so yeah I think this time we we were really 50-50 on whether we were going to find out or not and then we decided to and then that little bit of disappointment lasted and then like for maybe a day. And then the next day I was like, this is so how it's meant to be. And I'm like, it's so true when people say you're just grateful to have a happy, healthy baby. And that's mm. exactly what I was happy to have. And I was, yeah, felt very lucky. And now it's like Vance was just always meant to, meant to be mine. So I can't mm. imagine life without him now. So I'm so glad it turned out the way that it did. Yeah, that's so sweet. I just got goosebumps when you said that. It's just so sweet because we say the same thing. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. Um, oh. We say the same thing about our little fella. It's like you just can't, you just can't imagine not having him. No, like, you, just nah. like, you were meant to be in our family. Like hundred percent. That's oh. I know. And like even with Ziggy, like I say, you know, he's he's my crazy one. But I think they are very different personality wise and like oh my gosh I love Ziggy more than anything in this world but he was a hard newborn we I I don't think I slept but like it felt like eternity um he wasn't a great sleeper wasn't a great feeder um very busy but you know like he's still very affectionate at the same time and now with Vance he seems to have a I was worried I was like if I'm gonna do that on top of having a two-year-old I don't I don't know how things are going to go, but yeah. now like Vince is, you know, he sleeps quite well and he's, he's quite relaxed and quite chilled and just happy to take it all in. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it, it's true that you just, you know, you deal with it, with what you dealt with, but I think Vance knew that I needed a, I needed a good sleeper this time around. So <laughs> I think to be mine. He's delivered, <laughs> he's delivered the goods. He has, he's good delivered. I mean, apart from teething, that's, that's oh, throwing a center in the work. Um, yeah. Oh.
terms of your work then, were you able to keep working, I guess, through your pregnancies and like after you had, I know now you're sort of starting to get back in, but after you had Ziggy, were you, were you getting back into work? How did it sort of go for you? Yeah, so um, when I was pregnant with Ziggy, I was diagnosed with hyperemesis. So um, that is like extreme nausea and vomiting, like a lot. Um, so it definitely threw a little bit of a spanner in the works, but I was really lucky at that time. Um, majority of my work was through Ash. I was working with Ash. So um, I was very lucky that, you know, the days that it was really bad, I was able to head home or work from home and that sort of thing. Um, and was still doing my business, but was mindful not to kind of overexert myself and yeah, just kind of monitor. But um, it was really funny because the week before I went to the Brownlows the first time, I actually found out I was pregnant that week with Ziggy and I had severe morning sickness. So I was actually styling the girls the morning of the Brownlow at the Crown. I had five girls to do that year and I was vomiting like all morning in their rooms. Oh. And so I had to, I kind of blamed it on nerves at the start and then in the end I had to tell them because I was like, they're going to be like, what is going on with this chick? So I had to be like, I'm really sorry, I'm actually pregnant and like violently ill so that was a journey in itself but then yeah that had had that up until about halfway and then had a really enjoyable um pregnancy with Zig and then had probably about four or five months off um when I had Zig and loved that time you know adjusting to motherhood but for me I love my kids but I know that they're not just me I need to have a creative outlet and do a bit of work to make me um I guess, not lose that sense of self-identity. That was really important to me. Yeah. I feel like I'd worked so hard to get to that point. I didn't want to then just, you know, lose it all. And that I just felt like it wasn't really in me to do that. Um, so, yeah, got back into a bit of work, just part-time. And then, yeah, if anything, business just started booming, which was amazing, but it was a bit of an adjustment after, you know, learning how to go back into the workforce as a mom and, learning to do things on no sleep and <laughs> learning about daycare and babysitters and routines and time management, I think was a big one. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, when um, it was about 18 months old, we decided to start trying again. And um, yeah, I was like really quite lucky um, that we conceived Vance. Um, but unfortunately with his pregnancy came hyperemesis again and like double as intense like oh. yeah I was so sick it like oh I, I get emotional talking about it because I just don't know how I ever functioned through that and I don't know if people really understood how bad it was like mentally and physically so I ended up um before anyone knew I had to take six weeks off of work because I was just struggling so bad and it was at the time that I had just opened um a new studio and was working out of that so it was quite challenging um and that lasted the whole pregnancy so I ended up having to start my maternity leave a lot earlier um and yeah it just I don't know it was just just through a massive spanner in the works I think because with Zig I was like okay I'm gonna have it till halfway and then I'm gonna be fine and it's gonna be smooth sailing and then when I kind of got to the halfway, I was like, why am I not feeling better yet? Like, this is not kind of what I what I had signed up for. Um, but as always, I had amazing clients who were very understanding and who were so good. But it was a real eye-opener to me to take care of myself and, and look after myself. And unfortunately, that just meant 
yeah putting everything on hold for for quite some time so yeah yeah it was a yeah a bit of a learning experience but just one of those things you just got to ride ride the waves and yeah I've come out the other side now maybe that's why I got a really good baby because I had a really bad pregnancy maybe that's what it was <laughs> yeah you owed that after all that. yeah that's it <laughs> I was reading one of your blogs on your website when you were talking about that early phase after you, you had Ziggy. And one of, the, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, you, you said that you were eager to have some time off and enjoy the phase, um, but you also knew you'd struggle to be fully detached from it all. So was that on your mind already when you were pregnant and going into having the baby? Were you thinking, how's this going to go for me? I'm used to being so creative, you know. How am I going to yeah. feel, you know? <laughs> it, it was, and it was it was really quite interesting because obviously I guess until you're in that situation and you are pregnant and you are thinking, you don't, for me, I hadn't really thought about it. Like when we talked about having a baby and starting a family and all of that, it wasn't really something that I considered at that time. Um, but then definitely as the pregnancy kind of, yeah, progressed and I was sick and I, it was changing my plans. It was kind of that eye opener to, oh, that's right. Like everything is going to change, you know, and how am I going to manage this? And I think for me, and I know like Ash can vouch for this, I really did struggle with the thought of being put on hold again, because I felt like I'd had to work so hard to get to that point. And yeah. those first couple of years were full of such highlights, um, you know, things like New York and the Brownlows and Adelaide Fashion Festival. And, you know, I went to Melbourne Fashion Festival and that was amazing. And there was all these things that I felt like were such huge highlights to me. And then having that bit of, I guess, um, I guess a little bit of worry too, that because I'm not, relevant at the time or I'm kind of taking that time off I didn't want to then lose all the business that I'd worked so hard to create and having to put myself out there again and yeah and then like I had to start start again and, start and again. rebuild. Yeah. And yeah it was and it was rebuilding and it was quite challenging to I guess yeah to switch off but I know definitely at the start I did because I, I didn't have a choice I was literally so focused on that baby and yeah. you know dealing with the sleep and like learning how to mother and all of that and, and I was really enjoying it too like I you know was definitely had in the back of my mind you know a bit of work here and there would be amazing but I was really soaked into enjoying that time because I know that you just don't get that time back and especially with Vance that was one thing that I learned this time around is that I'm not going to have that time back again and they grow so fast and just to enjoy it so I had a lot longer off with Vance than what I did with Ziggy Mm -hmm. I think too because I was so much busier with the two than what I was just <laughs> with yes. the one it, I relearn how to parent again but this time to two people at once and yeah, yeah it, it it was definitely something that I yeah started I guess struggling with throughout the pregnancy um but when I felt ready to and I knew that it was manageable 
And I think for me, I kind of went into a bit of a downward spiral there um, during the pregnancy. You know, we went into just a bit of like chaos kind of around that time. And I just thought, you know what, I just, I need something. I need something to take my mind off of just motherhood to make me feel like me. And I, I genuinely think, you know, it was the best thing I ever did. And everyone's different. Some people are like, yep, I need to get back to work for the same reason. Other people are like, no, I need to just give motherhood my all. And that's my focus. And I don't think there's a right or a wrong. I think it's about what, what you feel is best for you and what you think is best for your family and your mental health. And I know I I said that to my doctor quite a few times. I'm like, you know, it's not just about the baby. It's about me too. And I, sometimes when I've said that, I almost felt a bit selfish because I felt like, oh, you know, like I should be giving motherhood my absolute everything. But I, I read this thing ages ago and it's always stuck with me and it's, we expect women to be mothers. Um, and I can't, I can't think how it goes, but it's like, we want mothers mm. to be, you know, mothers without working, but then we want um, like women to be working and, you know, not mothering too. So it's, I'll yeah. have to find the quote and I said, it's something, yeah. you know, and it was just so like, no matter what we're going to be judged, whether we are working mothers or whether we're stay at home mothers, either way, we're going to be judged. So I think it's about realizing that you just have to brush those, those opinions off and just do, yeah, really what is right for you. And I know I've received comments from both ends. Some people are like, oh my God, it's amazing that you're getting back into work and you're doing this and you're doing, doing that. And then I've had the reverse of, oh, but like, do you, do you think you should spend some more time at home with the kids and all this too? So I'm like, you know, you just take it with a grain of salt and you just got to really do what what's right for you so yeah absolutely and I um, I'm gonna yeah go back go back to I've actually I've, I've printed it out your blog post yeah it's actually very inspiring it's that it's we expect women to work like they don't have children and to raise yeah. children as if they don't work and it's like yeah in yeah. a nutshell like, there it is that's what it is <laughs> like I know it's there and I loved that you you basically said I feared if I wanted to work as, as soon after having a baby I'd be seen as a bad mum and then I realized something amazing. I can actually do whatever the hell I want and it doesn't make me yeah. a bad person, let alone a bad mum. That's like, I'm actually yeah. going to stick that on my little quote wall because that, honestly, you're right. It doesn't, who gives a shit yeah. <laughs> what anybody yeah. else thinks? Because they can make all the comments they like, but no one is in your shoes. No one is in your home. Exactly. No one is in your head. Yeah. Like, you That's know, it. yeah. I was just saying this to um, Josh, my husband, the other day. I was like, you know, isn't it funny? All the pressures that we put on ourselves, especially I think as first-time mums, you know, all these expectations that we have of ourselves and of how things are going to go. And, you know, like it's it's so funny because I think of myself as a cool, calm, collected person. I know there's definitely times where I'm a stress head. You know, I I won't say that I'm always cool, calm and collected, but I think going into the pregnancy and into the having a baby, I felt like I was like that. And, and in some ways, I think 
that I was and am. But then looking back on it now, especially since having Vance, I'm like, gosh, I wish I knew with my first what I know with my second. And all these things that I was stressing about with Ziggy, but now this time around, I'm like, I don't even have time to stress about that because it's yeah. you, when you've got the, the next one, you're just thinking about completely different things. And I was only, we've just started like a few months ago, started solids with Vance as an example. And I remember thinking, you know, I had this book with Ziggy and it was, I need this amount of grain per day and this amount of protein and this amount of fruit and vegetables. Now I'm like with Vance, I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know any of that. I'm like, if he's hungry, he's hungry. If he wants more, he wants more. And yeah. he's fine. And if you look at him, he is massive. Like yeah, he's, he's thriving. thriving. <laughs> any of that stuff. So yeah, yeah even I think that's why probably too, he is sleeping a bit better. Cause I'm like, right, you're getting wrapped up and you're getting put down and just all the things that I second guessed myself with Ziggy now this time around. And I said, you know, I could have been like that with Ziggy the first time around and it wouldn't have made me a bad mother. But at the time mm. I kept thinking, oh, is this how I'm supposed to be doing it? Or yeah. yeah. And I think because putting that pressure on myself through that time, I just got to a point of, I can't do this to myself anymore. And this is not me. And this is not who I am. And this is not my personality to be that way. And I think once I kind of threw some of those, I guess, expectations of myself out the window, I'd, definitely had a lot more of an enjoyable experience of of motherhood yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good advice honestly I, my story is very similar I when my first I was just always stressed always worried yep. always oh is this right how long should he sleep for is he getting enough milk Rara? and the same yep. thing like Alex was really full-on like didn't sleep well didn't feed yep. well and then there's seven years between my two kids because I just yep. couldn't bear the there's thought seven of years going between in. each of my, me and my siblings, actually. There's seven Is years. There? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when I went back and got digs, I was like, geez, I hope I get a good kid this time. But, oh, yeah. and he is, and I did, thank God. But I'm such a different person now. Like I'm so much yeah. more relaxed. And because I've got that perspective, like you said, things that you were really worried about, you're like, now, oh, it's just, you know, things have just got to happen because there's two yeah. of them now and life's busy. Yeah. I kind of wish, this will sound really silly, but I almost wish I had had twins because then I wouldn't have had time to stress over all right. these little things. I would have just yeah. been doing stuff all the time and just I getting it done. And yeah. I have a really close, um, beautiful friend who has twins and they were born like just before, um, so their birthdays. I think you're coming coming up soon. So they're like, yeah, five months ahead of Ziggy. And yeah. I just remember thinking like when I was pregnant with Ziggy and being like, and they already had another child. And I was like, oh my God, twins. And I was just like, oh my God. And then watching her with her twins, I was like, oh my God. Like she just made it look so easy and was so like, again, I felt like there wasn't, it could be different behind the scenes, but she wasn't yeah. putting that pressure on herself. And it wasn't this, and I, I learned a lot from her and she was so helpful with with Ziggy when I was um, like pregnant with Vance and mm-hmm. she was like, Oh, I'll take Ziggy for a few hours. I'm like, you're going to take my child on top of your twins and your other child. Like <laughs> you are a beautiful woman. And I'll, I have to give her a shout out. Her name's Candace. And she's just like, Oh my God. I remember picking Ziggy up one day and she bathed him and given him dinner and he came and I was just like, mm. Oh my God. Like if she can do that. And she's got, I was like, then what am I even worried about? Like <laughs> it's, it's, all these things. I'm like, I think it was the same. She just didn't have time. And she just, did what she did and honestly they're the most beautiful little boys and yeah. I just yeah idolize her because my like, gosh they just absolutely nailing parenthood nailing it <laughs> oh it's it's lovely to have those people around you isn't it and it's like it is, yeah. and, and for her to have done that like it's like she knows what mums need she knows the things that are yes. going to help you know yeah it, that's I think that has definitely life. been something for me after having like you know until until you have a baby you just don't know 
Mm. You really don't know. And like, I mean, I've got lots of different friendship groups. Um, in my sort of high school friends, I was only the second or yeah, third to sort of have have a baby. Um, and then in other groups, you know, there was only a couple that that sort of had their first baby were young kids and when I had Ziggy I remember messaging some of them and being like oh my god I'm so sorry like I just I did not know what was involved and like I I get it now I get it and if anything I think when my friends had babies it almost gave me that little bit of confidence to be like okay now I know that this is what they're going through at the same time and you know hopefully I can drop a meal off here or there or I can you know just send a text and see how they're going or be there to ask questions and I think yeah until you've done it you just you just don't know like you you, and I just instantly I remember like in the first few weeks after having Ziggy like thinking of all of the people that I knew that had kids and just like having a newfound respect for them and being like wow (laughs) like I just yeah it's just a crazy journey and no one I don't think any no matter what anyone says either it just will not prepare you for what you're in for especially in those first you know especially with the first time around and in those first few months of learning yeah. And, you know, and, and dealing with the emotions, I think was a big one. Like, God, like, how can you love something so much? And yeah, I felt like I was not an emotional person. And then I think since having kids, that's just gone out the window. And now I'm just emotional over everything. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, fine, I'm not emotional. And then I'll just cry over something so stupid. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Kids have definitely changed, have changed that personality trait in me. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so sweet. But you're right. It wouldn't, it doesn't matter how much, how many people, try and prepare you for being a mother or a father it's like because you, your brain doesn't even go there like you don't no. believe them like you no. actually don't believe them when they say no. you won't get sleep yeah okay that's nice like you just yeah you don't believe I, I remember specifically one night with Ziggy I, I don't even know I so for I slept on the couch for six weeks when I had Ziggy like I couldn't even sleep in the same room as my husband because he was getting up and going to work and like we were just up all night and and so I was trying to make sure that he got rest. And I remember sitting out on the, the couch one night and just like, I remember patting again. I was so delirious. I think I'd slept like an hour in like, it felt like a week, but it was probably like a, a day or two. Yeah. And I remember patting him and being like, oh, I remember when people said that I would be tired, but like, I didn't understand to the extent of like what time. And I remember like patting him on the back as I was half like micro sleeping. being like, yeah. this isn't tired. This like, this is not even tired. This is like, pure exhaustion and like delirium (laughs) and until you know I I was like people tried to warn me but I was like yeah no like I said until you're going through it you just or when people say that you yeah that intense love or like imagining like god forbid if anything happened to them and I just remember there's been times where I've worked myself to tears Mm -hmm. thinking oh my gosh if anything ever happened or like I hope they know how much I love them and you know it's just it's just just a whirlwind all the emotions all the feelings it's incredible
So you touched briefly on there, you talked about identity. So it's obviously very important to you to see that you're not just, and I don't want to say just a mum because you're never yeah. just a mum. I'm doing air quotes yeah. for the benefit. I know, yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's important to you to be Kelly, to be a wife, to be a sister or, you know, a daughter, that yeah. it's like mum doesn't consume everything of your being. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can't be just just me I think I think too because part of that probably stemmed from um in in my I guess business or my job working with women and trying to push them to understand the same thing and mm-hmm. even before I had kids a lot of the clients that I had were young mothers and so you know I was understanding but again until I'd been through it myself I wasn't you know, I didn't understand fully what, what they were experiencing, but I was trying to teach them about their self-worth and their mm-hmm. self-esteem. And a lot of them were coming to me being like, oh, you know, we just, we've just lost our way and we just don't have that confidence about ourselves. And we're just, yeah, like a little bit lost. And I was, I guess for me, it was good because I was an outside source. I wasn't, you know, a sister or a friend, or I was someone completely disconnected coming in and teaching them like, you know, you are valuable and you you know it doesn't make you shallow to make you want to self feel good and why not find their sense of self-identity and learn that it doesn't make them a bad person to yeah to to take care of yourself or to do things for yourself or yeah I almost had to relearn that for myself when I became a mom it was like I've been doing this for years and now I'm doing it it's like I need to remember too like hang on a minute yeah it's okay for me to do things and yeah I think it was a really kind of useful tool entering motherhood after learning about all of this stuff because Mm. it kind of yeah gave me some stepping stones to learn for myself on on that journey yeah absolutely and it's I think what I'm finding talking to mums throughout this project is everyone needs something to fill them up like everyone needs something that meets their needs because mums are so busy looking after everybody else all day long and you know fixing this and doing that and finding socks and cooking meals it's like, but then at the end of the day, there has to be something just for you. You know, it's just so important. Yeah. yeah. And you, you shouldn't yeah. feel guilty for that. Like there's no reason to to feel bad for, for that, you know. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, I think I said in that blog, I was like, you know, I was worried about, you know, being perceived as a bad mother. And I was like, if anything, it made me a better mother. It made me more patient and tolerant when I was had that bit of something for me. And I knew it made me better. Um, a better parent to do that than not to have that so yeah that for me yeah made made me feel better within myself which in turn if I'm good I project that onto my kids you know if they're feeling good it's like a, and you know it is a prime example today you know <laughs> before we jumped on this and you know this I had one of those days I think the heat has just gotten to everyone I know it's gotten to me and we've had a stressful couple of days with everything that's been going on in our town and the kids haven't been sleeping super amazing so I think after having such a good run and then becoming sleep last week or so yeah my patience is not where it, where it is I'm like Ziggy's having meltdowns right now you know it's a teething and I started noticing all of this and I said yes and I was like all right I've got to go and do something like for me or do something that I think is going to make me feel better and yeah. I um, am working with the right at the moment and so for me it's okay about a bit, of, a bit of that stuff so sometimes you know self-care isn't just going and 
taking 20 minutes alone. Sometimes it can come in many different forms. It could be a massage, it could be, you know, a walk or something like that. But for me, that creative outlet is almost a bit of my self-care. Yeah, so I think it's about learning to, yeah, assess what it is that makes you feel better or what you get enjoyed of and making time for that because I'm definitely a candidate at that in the last few days. You know, it's a domino effect when I'm stressed. It, it shows in my children. Yeah, so, absolutely. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. It's just, yeah, when mum's not happy, no one's happy. <laughs> exactly. My husband will vouch for that too. Bless him. He's he's been very patient. <laughs> oh dear. Oh. what sort of if you've got anything coming up you want to share about things you're working on or I mean I'm not asking you to you know give away any secret stuff but have you got anything you wanted to share with the listeners yes so um when I was in my studio um last year I was um so sorry yeah last year and the year before gosh it feels like it's almost like a lifetime ago now I had started watching um weddings and like wedding planning and bridal planning um so I've worked on a few weddings um since then but I'm actually currently in the process of um a complete rebrand and overhaul um to focus a lot more on that so that'll be a complete separate side of my business now um which is really exciting and I'm also currently in the process of um, creating a new little workspace so that's been yeah a little bit exciting and it's a slow process but we're we're getting there so even the brand and stuff like that it's one of those things like I have an idea and trying to find time to to make that idea work and put the things into that idea can sometimes take a little while but yeah <laughs> definitely um there's a lot of scenes at the moment so yeah if anyone that follows my page or you know keeps up to date just stay tuned because it's all coming about very soon. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's it been is. like, it's been a real sort of, um, you know, the, the over the last few years, like this growth and development for you that you've sort of found things that you love doing. And it's like, you've realized there doesn't have to be limits to what you can offer people. Like it's just kept building and building and yeah. building. That's so great. <laughs> learning on the job you know I originally started out just doing wardrobe audits for people and as much as I love that my business has progressed a lot more on top of that and you know um just I I really it was it was really quite interesting because last year I hit um you know a milestone of how many clients I'd had and going back through those clients and actually looking at the different things that I had done in that time and um you know I always remember those first few clients that I worked with in the first few projects and the things that I'm working on now are just yeah it's, it really has evolved into something um a lot bigger than I ever envisioned and the things that I was doing then to what I'm doing now you know working with businesses for their uniforms and like family shoots and maternity shoots and stuff like that you know what I was doing was event-based as well and I think it's you know even things now that I'm offering digitally that I wasn't able to do beforehand so it is nice to kind of 
I think it keeps exciting too. I'm one of those that I like a bit of a challenge and I like, you know, having, having things happening. So yeah. it is really good to know that, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, different avenues opening up, you know, in the short term. But again, that doesn't necessarily what I can do in the long term. I'm, you know, it's one of those things I have all these grand ideas that just, I believe in the time everything. So we'll see, <laughs> but hopefully, you know, I'll be, you know, styling the, the Oscars or something like that in no time. <laughs> we'll stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure that we, yeah. uh, when we hear your name on the red carpet. We can manifest it out there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's it. Oh, look, thanks so much for coming on, Kelly. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful having a chat. Yeah, it's been lovely. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.